This is Michael Badgley, and you're listening to the Chargers Podcast Network. All right, guys, welcome to a special home edition of Chargers Weekly with Haley Elwood and the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith. Money, how you doing, buddy? I believe uh, you're supposed to call me Cousin Matt. It's Cousin right there. According, yeah. cousin according to the Zoom, it's Cousin Matt. Yeah, that's uh, my cousin Jeff, who lives in Houston. We're uh, we're a very tight knit group, my uh, maternal side of the family. So uh, as all this was hitting, and uh, we were chatting a little bit on a text thread, my cousin Jeff decided we should all get together on a Saturday and maybe have a toast and and spend about an hour or two hours together with all the cousins that are scattered across the country. So uh, I got, and I and I'm not tech- technologically savvy enough to change it. So I'm gonna have to be cousin <laughs> that moving forward. It, it popped up. It said Haley has joined the uh, the Zoom, and then it says cousin Matt has uh, yeah. has joined the Zoom. So um, glad to have I like cousin. It. I like. I'm glad I, to have cousin I, Matt. There's here. worse things to be than a cousin, right? Yeah. Exactly. Money. The last three weeks, bolts have been busy in free agency. You bring over Chris Harris Jr., a Super Bowl champion, uh, Trey Turner, five time Pro Bowler, Brian Bulaga, steady right tackle, Linval Joseph. Um, a lot of moves to solidify this roster in 2020. Yeah, interesting moves. Um, you know, and I, I think if we're, if we're trying to read the tea leaves, uh, you know, you bring in, uh, instead of spending money on a left tackle, after you trade your left tackle, uh, you bring in a right tackle and you bring in a right guard and you got an all-pro center, Mike Pouncey's healthy, and what do you got? A really good right side. I mean, probably the best right side of an offensive line in all of football. And that does a heck of a job protecting a left-handed quarterback. So, you know, I think if everything falls perhaps the right way in the draft, I guess that's kind of the way I look at that a little bit. Or, you know, I think the alternate way to read the Belaga signing is maybe there's some confidence in Trey Pipkins that, you know, last year was that redshirt year and, and he's ready to take over at, at left tackle. And, and I guess they'll figure out that guard situation between, you know, Dan Feeney if he has to play some center or, or maybe Quest plays center if, if Pouncey's not ready to go. And, you know, what was probably the one group that took the most incoming and had the most issues last year becomes uh, one of the strengths. So I guess I'll start there with, you know, the Balaga signing, which I do think was was the biggest of all the free agent signings that they made. Well, and I think to kind of just piggyback off of that, Tom Telesco at the Combine said, reinforcing the offensive line, that that's a priority this whole offseason. And I think it sort of even started with going back to bringing in James Campen to now run that unit. And it just makes sense when you bring in a guy like Bulaga who has the familiarity with him, even in this sort of unfamiliar time and off season that we're currently in, that that's just a benefit right off the bat, right? Yeah, Haley. And I mean, you, I saw you, you had a conversation with him as well. So you can certainly speak to, to that, you know, at least having someone and, and look offensive line, when you, when you talk to, to people around football and and coaches, and I'm sure a lot of the people watching know this, but it's it's regularly described as that glove. You know, it's five fingers on a glove, and if they are not in sync, uh, one person isn't in sync, and it can all fall apart. And when you have a new offensive line coach, you know, what you regularly hear, especially in college, where head coaches really have more control over their staff, over the entire operation, than in the NFL, where they kind of let their position coaches do sort of what they do and they're described more as a CEO role. I mean, the one thing you hear about college football is there's one guy you can't mess with and that's the offensive line coach. And if you have a good one, you will spend big money to keep him. So uh, yeah, great point by you that, that maybe Campen wanted someone with some familiarity with how he wants to coach and, and run offensive line. And, and that also goes into Anthony Lynn throughout this off season, kind of speaking to the idea that, 
you may want to start running the ball a little differently. We, you know, may see the Chargers shift blocking scheme that, of course, he was part of in, in Denver that won two Super Bowls. You switch it over to defense, Bonnie. Chris Harris Jr., he has some familiarity with, with Coach Milo, his first uh, defensive backs coach in the NFL. I look at this secondary now. It's crowded, but it's stacked, right? You got, you got Casey Hayward. You got Derwin James who can play everywhere. Rayshon Jenkins. You had Chris Harris Jr. probably playing the slack, but can play anywhere as well. And then, by the way, Nazir Adderley, we keep talking about that fourth preseason game last year where he was all over the field. If he can make some inroads this year, get on the field, you got a dangerous secondary in an AFC West where you, you got to beat the Chiefs first and foremost. Yeah, no question. And that'll be, that'll be interesting because we know, you know, the coaches, and I think we've had this conversation before, Chris, about, about Rayshon, and, and we know the coaching staff seems to like him quite a bit. Um, but I, I think if that's an open competition at that free safety position, you know, I just think back to the draft. And when, when Adderley was sitting there, you know, listening to not just, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, who does the games with us before he knew the Chargers were going to take him, um, when a lot of people thought he might be a back end of the first round selection, um, the perfect compliment to Derwin James, just being that open field roamer, someone who really tracks the ball well, who can break and close and create those turnovers. It'll be interesting because Rayshon, you know, according to coaches, has kind of done everything that they've asked him, lose weight, move positions, and you want to reward a guy when, when he does that. But I think if it is an open competition, Maybe some of those instincts, angles, and, and being able to break and sort of read situations, I think, maybe do favor Adderley. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think the one name you left out, which is a name that I think a lot of the casual fans have mentioned with, with the news that Chris Harris shared that, that he was sold as being a slot corner. Well, what does that mean for Desmond King? Desmond had a rough go last year. Um, mm -hmm. He really did. And I, I think that's why it makes sense that when they play a lot of that dime, that he could fill that Adrian Phillips role um, perfectly. And that might be a better fit when you have someone like Chris Harris on your team. Overall money, when you look at these free agent signings, this is a team that I think every t every year when free agency starts, I mentioned this on the Beat Writers pod last week, it's like, what are the Chargers going to do? And, and they really did seem to fortify a lot of different positions. But what do you sort of make of what they did and then how they can supplement in the draft? Yeah, you know, the Joseph signing, I think, signals that that maybe Tillery didn't come along quite as much as, as they had hoped. You know, I, I think you feel like you have one of those those positions filled with Justin Jones. Um, obviously, you know what you got on the ends. And and I think they're looking to make what, what could be, you know, argued. And obviously you have San Francisco but with the Forrest Buckner out of there. I think it then puts it back up for grabs. You know, the, the best defensive line in football. And I, I think the idea that you can have someone that, that not only can occupy one, two blockers, um, but but also get a little bit of push, you know, is what Joseph's been able to do his entire career. For Ingram, you don't feel like there's a substantial drop-off when Isaac Rochelle gets in there. I mean, it really is a heck of a defensive line. I think that was maybe the one question mark. So you feel that slot corner was an issue for them last year. You feel that the offensive line was an issue. You mentioned that earlier, Haley. You feel that, and this is a team that feels like we can compete. You know, we can compete for a division title. Injuries got us last year, setting that up to now – you know, kind of answer your question after that long setup about what, what do you do now moving forward? I think quarterback's clearly the question. Um, you know, Tarot is, is obviously a solid player, a, a player that's pretty much just been a, a 500 quarterback his career, a lot of tight games, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. If you have a dominant defense, you get out there and win. And, and instead of losing all nine of your one score games, you win half of those or you win three quarters of those and you find yourself, you know, at a 10 win spot. Um, but I'd be very, very surprised if, if you didn't 
hear a quarterback come off the board with that first pick, whether it be at number six, whether they move up, maybe they they like, you know, somebody else. And, and I shouldn't say the first pick because I think Tom Telesco has always showed us he's the best player available, you know, GM. He's just always done that. Whatever the number one guy is on his board, it seems like that's the player that they take. Quarterback can change that and, uh, you know, dramatically. So I, I don't think they would reach at six, if let's say three quarterbacks are gone by the time they pick, I don't know if they reach for that fourth one at number six. Maybe that's a, a situation where you see them, you know, draft uh, an Isaiah Simmons, who would be just something to behold on the same field as Derwin James and Posa and Ingram, or, you know, a dominant left tackle, you know, like a Becton or a Wills, um, whichever, or Thomas, whichever one, you know, they may have atop their draft board. So it'll, I think what the free agent moves do, it puts them in a position where, they don't feel like, oh, we've got to fill a hole and this is the best player in this particular group of players that we have a need for. Money, you just mentioned so many guys that are possibilities at number six overall. Uh, another guy, Jeffrey Akuda, And just, just imagine this, right? We're, we're in the AFC West. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year. They are clearly the team to beat. If you rolled out a secondary with Casey Hayward on one side, Jeffrey Akuda on the other, Nazir Adderley, Desmond King, Derwin James, you could play everywhere. Could that be a potential blueprint to, to just put together the best secondary possible and then maybe you draft a quarterback or you move up in the first round uh, with your second round pick to get a quarterback? Who knows? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, and I think if Akuda's there, I, I have no question that that would be an intriguing option. Uh, no question about it. And, and, you know, of course, what do you always hear that you know, front and back of the defense when it's connected and one hand is truly washing the other and you've got a Bosa Ingram pass rush, my goodness. Uh, and then you have that kind of secondary. That's how you slow, you know, a, a passing attack that is that is piloted by Pat Mahomes. So that would make perfect sense. Um, and then, as you mentioned, there, there are a lot of, and I know you do it on chargers.com quite a bit. There's a lot of mock drafts that, that not a lot, but, you know, there's, I think, enough buzz that show the Chargers maybe trading back into that first round to get Jordan Love uh, where he decide because kind of once you get past, you know, sort of the Chargers at six or, or even because it's a short-term deal, the Panthers at seven, you know, by all accounts, everything I've heard is that the, the Jags are sold on Minshew and, and they are going to move forward with him as their starter. You really don't have, you know, a, a lot there. Maybe the Raiders, there's been some buzz about the Raiders and, and Jordan Love and they've got two first-round picks, even with the signing of, of Marcus Mariota and, and the already, you know, I guess the the incumbent, if you want to describe him as that, I think that deal for Mariota suggests that's an open competition of Derek Carr. But yep. I think that then, you know, brings in the possibility of if, if Love's the guy that slides, um, do you trade back into the first round or do you wait in that second round? And with your pick, because it's a high second round pick, are you comfortable with someone like Jalen Hurts? Um, which I, I think is a very intriguing option, especially with all we've heard from from Anthony Lynn about how much he likes having a quarterback with some mobility. Yeah, I was going to say that second round pick is so interesting because this team hasn't picked this high since 2016 when they took Bosa with the third overall pick and then drafted Hunter Henry in the second round. And you think those are such two prime players for this team that the value of having that high second pick is really beneficial. Yeah, no question, um, because it's like a first, you know, when you when you get into that top 40, you kind of feel like, especially if it's a mm -hmm. deep draft that, or, or a deep position group that you may have a need on. Um, you know, I think when you look at second, look, quarterbacks are tough, right? Because you can, you know, you can make your case um, for guys like, there's just not enough of them, like Russell Wilson, you know, who is drafted 
in a third round or Nick, Nick Foles who won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP as a third round pick. Obviously, we all know the story of the 199th pick in, in Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy Dalton's been a viable starter, right, as a, as a second rounder. Derek Carr, a solid player as a second rounder. But typically, the best quarterbacks are the ones that are drafted high. Like, you know, in those first 15 to 20 picks is where you're going to find, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber franchise potential quarterback um it's just history has proven that and and i think with philip rivers having moved on tyrod taylor at 31 years old um who has a number of starts and i think a body of work that you kind of feel pretty good about projecting what he is um i think you look at you, you look at that situation and and it just seems to line up if that player's there um and and look for me, I'm a, I'm a college football fan. I, I watch college football on on Saturdays. I used to call college football for five six years. Grew up watching it. I I love Tua. I mean, I freaking love that guy and love watching him play football. Love the suddenness, the the burst, the just electricity that he possesses at that position um, is is something that you don't see often and you know maybe out of their control. You know, the, the Redskins may take him at two, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it may cost, you know, that second pick, a third pick, a one next year if they want to jump up to get him. Um, but but that's in this draft, to me, that is, you know, a lot of people say Chase Young's the best player in the draft. And, and I understand why people are excited about Joe Burrow. But, man, I, I just love the way Tua plays football. Um, and, and were it not for those injuries, I have no question he'd be the number one overall pick. Money outside of Tua, you're locked into this stuff as well as anybody with with Lance and Bucky and DJ. Who are a few of your your favorite players in this draft? Doesn't have to be first rounders. Maybe some guys right. that that you're intrigued by that you wouldn't mind seeing them powder blue. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot. You know, we 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 talked about this right after the combine, Chris and and Haley, and and I, I think you know there there is depth at the wide receiver position. Uh, you could see Michael Pittman being there in the second round as, as someone, although I think that's probably not necessarily the type of receiver they'd be looking for. They'd probably be looking for someone with, with more speed or Rager. I know who had a bad combine and probably caused him to slip a little bit, but man, if you watched any, any TCU football, that dude is unbelievable. Mims from Baylor, that, that group is, is exciting. Um, there's going to be value there. I mean, you could find a LaVisca Chanel maybe available in the high third where they're picking just because there's so much talent. And, and, you know, our colleague, Daniel Jeremiah says it best, you know, it's, it's, it's a basketball team when it comes to your receiver group and, and you need the center that can post up, you know, and you need, you need the small forward, the swing who can kind of do a little bit of everything. And you need that point guard um, that can be shifty and, and get himself open with the ball in his hand. You just think about all those different things. And, you know, the, the Chargers can use some speed um, and, and someone to take the top off of the defense. I know they just signed Jennings, and I think that's obviously a great signing for, for them because of the kick return potential there. And I think, you know, a, a competition that needs to be had at that position. So wide receiver, um, I look at, I, I think you got to look at running back, right? With Melvin Gordon moving on, as much as, as it looked great with Jackson and Eckler as a tandem back there, I think the injury you know concerns with Jackson suggest that, that you, you ought to look at running back. Darrington out of Evans out of out of Appy State. I love just selfishly because I'm a Pac-12 guy. Zach Moss and Josh Kelly. I think you're talking about two guys, two hammers that you could get in the later rounds. Uh, that's uh, awfully exciting as well. And just because you said, you know, it doesn't have to be first rounders, but look, if the quarterback thing doesn't work out, uh, I'll say it again: the idea of Isaiah Simmons <laughs> flying around on that defense 
is, uh, or, you know, you mentioned Akuda. I think as excited as you get, Chris, about Akuda, I feel that way about Isaiah Simmons. You know, just kind of having Bosa, you know, uh, Simmons and, and James, as you kind of talk about the three levels and the ability of just that speed and that talent. He's a bigger Derwin James bunny. He is. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of what you hear uh, about, about Simmons is that here is, uh, and that's, that's the one thing about Derwin that maybe people don't recognize is one of the things that makes him so special is how big he is. So not only is he this supreme athlete, but he is a big, strong safety. When you see him on the field, he towers over other guys. Um, and you don't need a lot to tower at that position, but you know, you're talking about an extra couple inches, an extra 10, 15, 20 pounds, and that's Isaiah Simmons. You know, When it comes to the linebacker position, he's not big. I mean, he's not Denzel Perriman yoked, but his length, um, his height, and his ability to, to cover gets, you know, when you think about what Derwin, like just think about how effective the Chargers have been against Travis Kelsey with Derwin on the field. Well, now you free up Derwin because you can put Isaiah Simmons on that guy. And, and when you're talking about winning your division and tight ends and the fact that the Broncos got Noah Fant the draft last year, they went out and signed Nick Vanette, who's a very good all-around tight end. I mean, you got to play to win your division. Look at Darren Waller for, for the Raiders. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I think about with, with Simmons there is just how good he would be in the modern NFL where the athletic um, – just kind of tight end has really taken over and you saw it in the, in the Super Bowl, right? You saw it with, 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 uh, with George Kittle and, and you saw it, um, you know, kind of throughout the entire season, you know, with, with the career of Gronkowski and what he was able to do with the Patriots or Travis Kelsey, you know, again, the other side of that Super Bowl and the winning side of the Super Bowl. So I think that's kind of where that whole Simmons thing sort of fits in. And, and, you know, when you mentioned Akuda and, and the idea of trying to slow down Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, you've got to have those tools in your toolbox for Gus Bradley to, to go out and win a division. You excited for this virtual draft here money coming up in a couple of weeks? You know, I, I'll be honest, Haley, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how they do it. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, I, I think we're going to find out in like the next week, whether or not this is going to look like a, a traditional draft or, you know, I, I don't know I, I, because, you know, I work at the NFL Network. Our control rooms are closed. The only shows that, that we are doing, you know, per Governor Newsom's, you know, California protocol mm -hmm. and Mayor Garcetti in the city of L.A., you can't have people in a control room. They're just they're, it's, it's a small room and they're too close to one another. And, and you know, I, I, I give kudos to, to Mike Mariano and, and Mark Winsell and, and everybody over there for doing what they're doing um, because it's it's going to be tough to pull off in light of what kind of the, the and not, I don't want to get down this road because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just following the news, but in light of what the projections are, it's going to look like um, in, in the next two to three weeks to kind of have the gov, you know, to have Roger Goodell either at those NFL offices, which are beautiful um, and, and to some degree are made or in his home conducting the draft when everything's going on in New York, that's projected to be going on in New York. We certainly hope that's not the case. Um, and they're able to flatten this thing out and and get a handle on it. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be a, opposed to, to, you know, having it be, a, like you said, a virtual social media draft. And it's just, you know, the, the big production is gone. The, the, the 10 talking heads at a table sitting two feet apart from one another is gone. And it becomes a, a Twitter um, or an Instagram event. And, and that's it, you know, and you have analysts maybe doing their own thing on, on Instagram live or, or on a zoom call. And that's just what's broadcast. I, I don't think anyone would, would feel like they were cheated. Um, if, if it didn't have all the bells and whistles 
and the character generators on the bottom of the screen. And instead you just kind of had to follow along on a, on a website and a, and a tracker that way. Um, or on Twitter, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't feel like I was cheated at all. And I think everybody would totally understand if that's the way this thing ended up having to be run. Yeah. There's Regardless, so many more important sure. things. Oh, sorry. Go Chris. No, I just think there, there's so many more important things going on in right. our world and our country right now. And, uh, if, if the draft is, is online, like it's a fantasy draft, great. You know, if it's, yeah. if it's done from somebody's house, fine, you know, that, that's, that's almost kind of secondary, you know, football is, and Haley and I have talked about it, like free agency w- was a, a nice respite, I think, for, yeah. for fans and, and just to, to kind of get away from, from everything and, and enjoy your, your team's additions and however they do it, fine, right? Yeah, no question. Um, and I'll, just, I'll make this, Haley, I know you wanted to, to say something, but I'll just make this super quick. Like, I'm not saying don't do the draft. I think it's imperative. I, I think, you know, we know sports is the most one of the most important commodities this country has to offer. Um, and it's probably our number one product that's consumed. Um, and I think we recognize that now. And I, and I do think for people that are at home uh, and are depressed and, you know, are trying to, to get through this without watching the news every day, all day. Um, I know I, I, you know, I had to take a break. You know, I'm not an anxious guy. I'm not someone who, who gets freaked out really by anything. And it's been tough for me, you know, just to kind of constantly the barrage of, of bad news that, that we see and, and trying to figure out where that, where that light of positivity is, you know, and when it might be coming. I think it's great that the NFL can do some business and provide some content without putting anybody in danger. Um, so again, I think you do it, but you do it responsibly. I was just going to make the joke, whatever happens, just make sure DJ is six feet apart. From <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll be, he'll be in a, you know, if, if it happens, just cause I do kind of know some uh-huh. of the, 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 what's being kicked around. We'll keep him at he'll home. do it from his house. Yeah. He will do it from his house. Rich will do it from his house. Uh, it would just be a, a split screen of those guys communicating with one another from their own home offices. Um, and that's what style. the NFL network. Yeah. That would, that's what the NFL network uh, draft will look like if, if it is broadcast. So, um, you know, I can't speak to what, what ESPN is, is thinking about doing or how they would do it, but you know, I'm fine. And I think all football fans would be totally fine with, without all the the fancy sets and the Madonna mics and, and the thousand dollar suits and makeup and hair and all that. Um, and just get excited about, about some college football players that have busted their tails, you know, realizing their dreams and making it to the NFL. If that means it's, you know, a two sentence tweet, um, you know, from, from someone at the league, from Ian Rappaport or Adam Schechter or, whom, or Roger Goodell, who has a Twitter feed or whomever, I think that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, these are unprecedented times. And, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, in the meantime, we'll, we'll be doing these Zoom calls with Cousin Matt. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah, Cousin Matt. It, yeah, at some, at some point later, later in April. <laughs> Funny, stupid-looking giant fan in the, the background. It's a great look. It's a great look. The fan was whipping around for, for those who, who yeah. didn't yeah. see it earlier. Money had to turn it off. But, yeah, um, I, uh, I, don't have the, I don't have the perfectly framed setup that, that Haley and Chris have right now with the bookshelf and a little bit of football action <laughs> and some, you know, and Chris with his succulents. And, and I think Haley, I think I see a succulent there in the back. Yeah, I will, I will be honest, though. I removed all – this was like wedding photos from a year ago. Right. So we took the wedding down. We put the football up. Welcome to free agency from home. Exactly. There you go. And, uh, and me, yeah, you get half of a TV on a wall. 
uh, in my bedroom and uh, and a big fan and, and nothing because we just moved. So all the walls are blank. There's no furniture really in the house. We can't get anybody to live right now. So it's True. just whatever, man, don't care. Stay safe, stay home. Uh, it's what we do. So yeah. most important. Well, buddy, stay safe. Hope, hope you and your family are doing great. And uh, look forward to seeing you in person very soon, man. Hopefully before yeah. we open up SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I uh, hope so, too. I miss the heck out of you guys, Haley and, and Chris. It's always good, even even through Zoom. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe I'll finally shed the nickname money that I've had since I was uh, 19 years old, and it'll be uh, Cousin Matt Smith. The voice of the Chargers, Cousin Matt Smith. Cousin Matt and BJ on the call. <laughs> Welcome to the Bolt fam, man. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Buddy, you're the man. Thanks so much, bud. You got it. Happy to do it.